Welcome to this episode of Feeding the Wolf of Possibilities. Today we're exploring how to get happy and stay there. What would change in the world if you, me, and everyone choose to feed the wolf of possibilities instead of the one of doubt, distrust, and despair? The way I see it, our point of view creates reality, not the other way around. Somewhere deep within, I think we know that. In this podcast, I am daring you to claim this remarkable superpower. Join us and be inspired by trackers, explorers, and finders of possibilities from the multiverse of hope. Welcome to the podcast, Feeding the Wolf of Possibilities, with your host, Katrina Valentin. And as my guide, I've invited Simon Milasas, who is the author of a book with that very name, Get Happy and Stay There, and who is also one of my greatest inspirations on this journey into consciousness. Welcome, Simon. Thank you. Thank you for having me on here, Miss Katarina. So let's start with this whole happiness thing. What is <laughs> happiness for you, for the world, for everyone? Well, yeah, big topic. Um, I got to say, just before we started recording, Kat and I were talking about the world. And then she goes, this is a good time to do it, to do this podcast on happiness. <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's do it. And it's true. It is, though, because I think, uh, you know, happiness is, is within Happiness is you get to choose happiness. And I know, oh God, the amount of classes and, and people that I've worked with that I'm sure you've worked with that have this point of view that happiness is outside of them. And once they find the relationship, once they get the, the right amount of money in the bank account, you know, once this happens, that's happened, da, 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 there's this whole, you know, litany of things that need to occur before you can get happy. And it's not true. It's like you can simply just wake up and choose happy. I mean, I remember my stepson, we used to have these stickers that said happiness is just a choice. And one day off his own, you know, thing, he went and picked up one of the stickers and he said, can I put this on my bed? And I went, sure. So he went and put it on his bed and it was so funny because he chose to do that. So then every single time he would get funky and weird or anything like that. And I go, hey, dude, I go, what does the sticker say? And he'd go, happiness is just a choice. And I'd go, okay. And then I'd walk out, you know, <laughs> or something. And he'd be like, because he knew it, he knew it. And, and somewhere deep down cat, I think we all know that happiness is just a choice. And then we have all these reasons and justifications for not choosing it and why we can't wake up and we get to choose happy. Like essentially my point of view is that's you, that's you being you. It's like when you choose to wake up and be happy, no matter what is going on around you. You know, it's interesting because the way you talk about happiness as the world sees this, it's a transaction. It's like, basically, if I get this and this and this, then I will get happiness. Kind of like mm. you buy it by whatever you decide it will make you happy. Well, if happiness is just a choice, there's no transaction there. There's literally just choosing. Just, and kids do that. Yeah. I mean, kids yeah. don't really do that kind of transaction. Were you happy as a kid? Um, I was a weird kid. That's an interesting question. I haven't been asked that before because I remember, this is so funny, but well, you know, um, I had these like big blue eyes that I have now, but as a kid, 
So apparently I used to, well, my mother used to tell me that I used to freak everyone out because I never spoke. I just watched. Like I, I mean, it's, if you know me now, I speak a lot, right? Never did as a kid, just watched. And so she said she'd turn around and I'd be in a room, like just watching what's going on with these big eyes, you know? And at one time she actually took me to the doctors because she thought something was wrong with me. And maybe I was deaf and dumb because I didn't speak. And I remember talking to Gary Douglas about this and we were laughing about it. And he said, oh, no, he said, you just spent the good first, you know, five years of your life just going, seriously, I'm here again. Like, how did I end up here again? You know, and he said, and I get by the time you were like five or six, you went, "Okay, if I'm going to be here, then let's go. You know, and that the way he described it, I went, God, that so was how my life was. I was really and I was very insular. I spent, like, I didn't have a great deal of friends, but didn't seek them. I was always in my room playing on my own. I always, 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 I seeked my own company and nobody else's company. So then I do get that I went through this stage of going, oh, okay, well, now I'm here. What am I going to choose with that? And so at school was interesting for me because I ended up being, you know, one of the popular kids with hanging out with the majority of people and doing all this, et cetera. And, you know, I got voted to be the sports captain in the school and, you know, you get voted all these different things and blah, blah, blah. But I don't get I was happy. And then I remember in year 11, which is the second last year of school, I remember going to school going, I'm not going to do what I did last year. Like it was like this fake happiness. And, you know, one of the things I see a lot of times people do is they try and be liked by others or be like others. And that's exactly what I was doing. Every choice I was making was will somebody like this, you know, or will they like me for this? And to be honest, I went to an all girls school cat and I think girls can be incredibly unkind Mm -hmm. and that was showing up a lot. So I arrived in year 11 and I went, I'm just going to sit on my own. And I started sitting on my own, you know, lunchtime. everyone was like, what's wrong? Are you mad at someone? Are you this? And I was like, no, I just, I'm just going to sit on my own. And I ended up having this one friend that I hung out with for the majority of year 11. And then I realized towards the end of that year, that didn't work. That didn't really change much. It just sort of changed the environment that I was in, but it didn't, I knew something had to be different and I didn't find it in just the one friend or just on my own. I didn't find it with the group of friends. So I remember year 12, I just went, oh, it was sort of like this fuck it energy. I'll just dive in again. And I get now it was more, more like, I'll just dive into this reality again. And I started being like, you know, really naughty in year 12, I guess, seeing how many things I could get away with before, you know, without getting expelled from school. So I don't, I don't get, I was happy. I get, I was trying to be happy. And I think there's a big difference. Yeah. And there is something in the book you talk about that happiness for you now is a space. It's like, it's not, it's not continuous laughter or, you know what, it's like this space. And you also talk about, um, so the book is called how to get happy and stay there. And you also talk about how the pandemic actually was like a, a restart where you started to train yourself to get happy or find out what happy was for you. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, look, I think there's been a few times in my life that I've done that. And I would say it's more like a reset where you sort of go, you know, and you sort of, uh, I want to say like, not withdraw, but pull back from what you're currently choosing and and sort of, I guess, reevaluate. And so 
when I got home in 2020, you know, in March and, you know, had classes and everything. And then I, I, I remember sitting on my couch and just going, now what? <laughs> it's like, I'm so, was so used to coming home, unpacking, packing, you know, getting groomed, going to the dry cleaners or something like that. And now all of a sudden I was like, I don't even know when I can leave Australia again. And I kept thinking, oh, it'll be a couple of months. It'll be a couple of months. And it's like, you know, two years later. <laughs> so I did, and I'm I'm lucky enough that where I live, I'm surrounded by a lot of nature, like more than a lot of people. It's not a big city. It's a, it's a sunshine coast. And I had the beach across the road, which I remember the first time you walked onto that beach, I turned around and, and you stood there and you had tears coming down your face. And I went, what's up? And you went, this is your front yard? Yeah. <laughs> and I went, yeah, it is. And it was so nice to see it through your eyes. So I had that and I really used nature a lot when I looked at that and I started to look at what, what am I choosing with my life? What would make me happy? And, you know, there's things I talk about um, like facilitating, you know, when Gary and Dane asked me to facilitate choice of possibilities classes, I, I, I said yes. And then I went and did it. And we went on tour and did all these different things. And it was just like, boom, 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 boom. And I wasn't allowing myself to be in question with, did this work for me? And I mean, most people go, of course it would work, you know, but I wasn't sure. It's like, I love business. So facilitating to me is a little different than that. Um, well, a lot different than that. And so then now I'm facilitating and it's like, what, I can't do all this business stuff. That was like, you, you're taking, you're taking my favorite, you know, bottle of milk away. I don't know, like, a, you know, that sort of energy. So I really went, what, what do I want to choose here? And I knew, and this is the key piece that I think everybody needs to get. I knew that if I wasn't choosing this for me, I was going to end up destroying it, which meant I would end up destroying my relationship with Access, with Gary, with Dane. I'd end up destroying the classes. I would end up destroying what could show up rather than just not choosing it. And I think so many people choose something because they're chosen rather than having a look, does this work for me? So I looked at everything. I looked at business, facilitating, you know, um, money, where am I at with money? Is this working for me? Do I want to create something different? Um, relationships, do I desire another relationship? If so, what would I like that to be? Sex, just because you're not in a relationship doesn't mean you can't have sex. So what do I want that to look like? You know, um, my relationship with my body, it's like I was like, well, what do I want that to be? You know, and then I also looked at geographical because I went, do I want to be in Australia? So this was for me. And I get a lot of people have other things that they can start to look at. But for me, I really, I, I delved into all of these and just went, let's go, you know, let's dive in deep. It's like, if it gets dark or if it gets like, rah, it's like, do it, Simone, this is your life. It's like, is this working for you? So I really did. And, uh, and I still do, like, it's not like I go, right, now I have the, 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 you know, the setup of what this is going to be. It's like, no, I question all the time. Does this work? Does this work? And when I, for the facilitating, because I use that as one of the examples, when I rang Gary and I told him what I was looking at after two weeks of exploring it, exploring all of this, right? And I said to him, you know, the interesting thing was I get an absolute yes that I would like to facilitate. And he was like, hey, I'm really glad you did that. I said, over all of these, the one thing that became very, very prominent to me and uh, without making it significant, quite important to me was the earth. And out of all of these topics, I was like, wow, none of this is truly relevant if we don't have more communion with the earth. And I remember saying to Gary, 
I'm actually asking for more, I'm asking for communion with the earth. And he said, Simone, you first have to acknowledge the communion you do have with the earth. Mm. And I went, ah, and we do, because if we acknowledge that and then what else can we, you know, what else can we choose? What else can we create? What else can we generate? So that was a real deep exploration into my life and living. And it's interesting because if you look at, so for me, um, ha- transactional happiness, like we talked about, you know, when you get your all your dots in the place or your ducks in a row and then you're happy and then people actually, they go, oh yeah, she's happy. And then they dot that off. But that mm-hmm. kind of happiness is the transactional kind. Then you have the people that are, happy just happy but they're often viewed as like naive little silly you know not worthy to listen to when there's no reason when the with are no ducks in the row and they're still happy so yeah. so happiness you're talking about now that's it's even a different kind it's a kind where you're really looking at underneath that what would I like my life to be about Mm. what would what would joy a joyful life look like yeah it's it's a deeper level of looking at it too I mean it might sound weird but it's like because then I think you become present in every moment and it's like so you know I've got a glass of water here and it's like then you sip the glass of water and you're really present with that and you enjoy the water and it's like to me when you're choosing your life in that every moment then you do get to choose happy in every moment. You're like, you, you have this level of gratitude that's like, ah, oh, water, God, that tastes good, you know, that sort of thing. It's with everything. It's not having this expectation that it has to be something outside of you. It's in every moment you choose. Mm-hmm. And I love that you mentioned the transactional happiness as well, Kat, because years ago, I remember I came back from overseas and we're at this family gathering, you know, and I overheard my mother saying, oh, she'll be happy when she finds the one. And I went, and I was like, seriously? I was like, I'm the happiest one here, but I was the black sheep of the family. I didn't make any sense to anyone. I I didn't fit into any mold. In fact, I made them uncomfortable by my choices. Mm -hmm. So they had to put it into she's not happy, but she will be if she starts conforming to what we have decided happiness is. And I just remember going, I mean, at that stage, I think I probably poured myself another drink and was like, thank God I'm over 18 and I can drink. You know, it was like, but I was like, really? But I realized at that moment too, it's like people don't get what you choose and that's okay if they don't get it. It's not about pulling back from what you desire. It's, if anything, moving more forward, like moving into it, leaning into it. Like, you know, I've heard Gary talk so many times about being the leader of your life and meaning you don't, you don't have to wait for anyone, lean into it. And if someone gets it, they get it. If they don't get it, they don't get it. But don't make your happiness, that transactional reality on somebody else getting who you are and what you choose. Yeah. If you want to be crazy and, uh, you know, unconformative, do it. And you know, I have water now because I spoke about it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because when you were talking about your, your family, basically that transaction is you're happy when you're right in this reality, like the way things should work here. That's when you are happy in the way that everybody else will align and agree that you're happy. Otherwise you just think you're happy until you got there. So there's a lot of stuff around happiness that's connected to who who are you truly? Who would you like to create yourself as in this world? 
Yeah, and I think a lot of people make it really significant and meaningful. And if you stop, like just start with with really small stuff. It's like, you know, what would make you happy today? It's like, what creates your happy today? I mean, for me, it's like when I'm in Australia, you wake up in Australia and you can <laughs> you can perceive the rest of the world because Europe's still awake and and you know America's awake and you can feel this like. I don't know, threads work like, hey, da, 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 pinging you. But I don't allow that to create my day. And I'm really good at not allowing that to create my day. It's like I will ask where's my energy required. But my first choice is to, you know, lay in bed still and just, you know, I always put my hands on my body somewhere. And at the moment, it's really cold. So you've got to convince yourself to make the run from bed to the heater, put it on so that it starts heating up the house and then go back to bed for a second. Cause it's like, I mean, I know I'm talking to someone from Sweden about cold and, I'm, and it's, you know, they're like, really? And I'm like, yes, it's cold for us. So, but it's like, I wake up and it's like you, I, if I'm not like at ease with myself, I know it's not my reality. Like the mm. other day I woke up and I was talking to Gary and I said, um, if I could describe this, I would have said that I woke up depressed and I want to go into this big black hole and not talk to anyone. And he said, why are you making that wrong? And I went, that's a good question. Yeah. And I went, oh, I'm going to indulge in this. And it was really cool to indulge in just going, no. And it, it was so funny. A few people pinged me. I was like, hey, can you do a live? Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you create? And I went, no. Even like someone was like, can we launch your website? And I went, no. <laughs> I went, I need, I'm going away for three days. And I was like, I will look at my stuff. I'm not going to ignore it because I think that's a really fine line of when you did stuff, but mm. it doesn't mean I have to add anything. And I was like, I'm indulging in this. I'm indulging in this. And what it ended up being was so much relaxation for myself uh, and not from judgment from like, not, not from the, I didn't judge what I was not choosing I relaxed into what I was choosing. And I think that is one of the keys to happiness as well. It's like what came up for me is happy. What if happiness is not at all what we think it is? And what if it doesn't show up at all as we expect it to? Yeah. You found happiness in that, like, am I depressed, dark by, by leaning into it and looking mm -hmm. at what's actually there? Yeah. So that... Yeah. And it's funny. I went away with a friend and seriously, we laughed for three days. Like it, we just laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. And I, but I was prepared to go away and be like, you know, well, I'm going to go into my dark hole. Cause it's like, you know, and have some space and that would have been okay too. But we just laughed and it was like, okay, I allowed myself to have whatever showed up. Mm. So what do you get with change in the world if the, the kind of happiness we're talking about that, like, I don't want to say deeper, but what's underneath, what's you yeah. enjoy happiness space um, became valuable. I know that we've been saying dive deep and it sounds like, I mean, this, this podcast, you know, it's about the, the book is about, you know, get happy and stay there. And I would like to ask everyone to explore what that is for them because I think the more people who actually choose that for them and don't try and choose for others, then we will create a different future. And I have no idea what that's going to look like. I honestly don't. I've been asked that three times today, which is interesting. No idea. But what I do get is let's explore that 
and let's experience what that is. And Gary Douglas said a long time ago to me, what if the purpose of life was to have fun? I mean, I got cranky at him because I was like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, do you know how many discussions I've had about the purpose of life and you tell me it's to have fun? And I ignored that for a long time. And I've sort of been delving into that as well, going, well, what if the purpose of life was to have fun? What would I choose today? And my sense is also there's a lot of people finding people like we're finding each other and we get to create our future and what future that is different from this reality can we you know choose and create together but also do it because it works for you don't do that to hold your hands and sing kumbaya it's like if people come along people come along that's great and if they don't they don't that's okay what if what if we're here to have fun yeah. And, and a lot of times that pisses people off. Yes. <laughs> and that's okay. Like, you know, be willing to piss people off. Like, you know, I'm sure I piss my whole family off all the time because I don't make sense to them. Like I said, but I mean, Gary said to me, you're like a gargoyle on top of the cathedrals in Rome to them. <laughs> okay. Like I'm that weird to them. Okay. That's okay. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me here, Kat. And the book, How to Get Happy and Stay There, is a really short and sweet read where Simone really touches upon all of these different areas that she explored to find her happy. Earth, bodies, choosing what's true for you. So if you would like to find it, you can go to Simone's website, simonemelazas.com, and it'll be there. Until next time, bye. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast, Feeding the Wolf of Possibilities. I hope you have more space in your world now. If you would like to listen to earlier episodes, share with other people or subscribe, please go to Spotify, iTunes, or visit katrinavalentin.com slash wolf.